Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Tradey Business School podcast. My name is Barry William Magnity, and I'm joined today by my co-host Michael McNish, and we're talking about when cash is tight, what do you do first? Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Barry. Good to be here. So I guess today I'd love to do things a little bit differently and basically go through, um, you know, having worked with a lot of different business owners, my own business as well, especially in the trade industry, I'd like to maybe go through first and kind of diagnose or maybe offer a list of things to look at. Like if you're noticing within your trades business that you're constantly low on cash uh, or, you know, you might be showing profitability on a P&L, but yeah, you've got no money in your bank. If you're noticing that you're always taking money from, you know, future jobs and deposits to pay for past jobs expenses, I'd like to maybe go through and share like a bit of a list of some things to start looking at that would be the potential issue. And then I'd love to go through and share five or six things that you could implement to ensure that you eradicate ever having uh, profit and cash flow issues in the future. What do you reckon, Michael? I think that sounds great. And, and just to say, like, if you are experiencing that, you're probably really stressed, you're probably overwhelmed, you're probably working ex- exceptionally long hours. And I just want to let you know that you're not alone in business for me when I've had cash flow challenges or issues with money, is that realization that it's not just you. And that sometimes we kind of feel that we're the only one experiencing that problem. But one of the things that gave me hope was to realize that other people have experienced this before and gotten through it. And yeah. that, you know, it's not uncommon. So, yeah. in fact, what we're going to talk about today is the very things that work and will really help you to relieve a lot of that cash flow tightening and stress and pressure that you're, you're experiencing. So, if that's you or you know a trader that's experiencing that, this episode is, is for them. And, and if you do know someone, please share this episode with them as we, uh, as we get into it. Absolutely. I guess the first thing that I really want to just lay down firmly is that a business doesn't exist unless it's making profit. And I'm not just talking about profit on your P&L, I'm talking about cash profit, like actual money going into your bank above and beyond what you're paying out for your cost of goods, what you're paying out for expenses, and what you're paying out for your wages, right? Profit is not a little piece that you take home at the end of the week. You need to be paid an income as if somebody else was working in your role and still make profit. And here's where I think a lot of business owners go wrong is they go into business and sacrifice making money, hoping, wishing, thinking that I can worry about that later. Fuck no. Like you need to work out a way that you can make profit from the get-go. And if you can't charge enough money on your products and services to make a profit, discounting is not going to help you. All that's going to do is extend the pain and create a slow, slow death. So the first thing is, like, regardless of where you are right now, like, you might be carrying a lot of debt from some silly mistakes in the past. That's okay. But just understand that the first and foremost fundamental principle is that your business needs to make money. Therefore, yeah. what you're charging for a job, by the time that you pay for all your materials, all your labor, and all your overheads, there needs to be money left in the bank. And if you're not there, that's a serious red flag from where we start with. And so some things that we can start to look at is margins. What sort of margins are you putting on your materials? What sort of margins are you putting in your labor? I remember when I first started as a tradie, I thought that, you know, charging 50 bucks an hour for my time was making me money. And my accountant very bluntly pointed out that I was actually paying customers to work for them. 
because by the time my phone and my petrol and my car payments and everything else came out of the money I was making, I was actually making less than I was as an apprentice working for somebody else. So don't get eluded or don't get misguided that, you know, you're charging 50 bucks an hour for your time, you're making tons of money because there's a whole lot of other expenses, including tax and GST that has to come out of that. That's the difference between sort of moving from contractor into business owner. What you would charge as an individual is, is very, very different to what you need to charge as a company, as a business with a team and fixed ex, uh, expenses. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I guess on demand, is the, the second thing is not is measuring, right? Like you need to have a form of measurement in place. You need to be looking at your cash flows. You need to be looking at not just revenue, but you need to be looking at gross profit. Gross profit is the amount of money you've made after you've paid for the materials that are required for a job and the labor that's required for that job before any expenses come in, i.e., you know, vans, uh, petrol, you know, office and stuff like that. So look at your gross margins because if you're not making a decent gross margin, it doesn't matter how much net is, you're always going to struggle. And that's a really easy way to get some quick wins. And there's something thing- used though, like, you know, gross margins or this terminology, like we've gone through with many traders about the foundations of how to manage money. And a lot of them haven't been shown that. And so a lot of a lot of people's way of managing money or knowing whether they've got cash is to look at their bank account and go, do I have money in there? If I have money in there, I'm doing good. If I don't have money in there, I'm doing bad. And see, possibly even also the way in which you're knowing that cash is tight is you're looking at your bank account and not seeing much money in there, potentially. Yeah. But that, but that's the thing though, is that's a lag measure. Right, that's after the fact. And this is where a, a leading measure, something that happens before money turns up in your, your bank account or leaves your bank account, is your margins. So if you're starting to look at like your gross sales and then your gross profit, which again is like any money that you make after, like let's say, let's say I'm going to install a window for somebody. I've got to buy the window and I've got to pay for the labor to install that window. Right. So if I charge a hundred bucks for that, the window costs me 20. Right, and the labor cost me 20. I've made a $60 gross margin or a 60% gross margin. But out of that gross margin, then I have overheads. I've got to pay for my phone. I've got to pay for my office. I've got to pay for my internet. And that's where, after the overheads come out, or, or what we call fixed expenses, I have a net margin. And so it's really important to put in place some basic measurements. And we'll show you when we get to the second part of this episode, which is what to do a very, very simple way to manage your money to ensure that you always have enough, but put some basic measurements in place. We call that um, materials and subcontractors. So if you're looking at like how much you charge for the job, how much it costs you materials and subcontractors, then after that, that's what you're left with your, I guess what we call gross profit, or I guess the money that you've actually earned as opposed to the top level, which is, I guess, what you charged because it costs you money to deliver that. And it's subcontractors or your contractors, not your your full-time or part-time staff, because they're your fixed, they're your overheads, they're the things that you have to pay regardless of whether you've got work or not. And we know some traders will take on work just to keep their team busy, right? And so they're sacrificing gross margin and gross profit just to make sure that the people that they're paying full-time and part-time have something to do. Yeah, which, which is not a bad strategy if you're actually on top of understanding the levers to pull, yet it can also be a very dangerous strategy as well because you start to price yourself under the market and it's very hard to then go and put your prices back up. That's right. Um, the, the next thing, and this is what actually did me under um, when I had my trades business is growing too quick, 
Now, unlike a service-based business in a trade business, in order for you to grow, you need to take on board work, right? Every business does that. But in order for you to deliver that work, you need to buy materials. And often you're buying materials, you're buying parts before you're getting paid from your clients for that. And so often, I, I, this is where I, I completely stuffed up and got stuck, is that I'm looking going, shit, we're growing fast. Every month we're doing bigger and bigger bigger numbers. I know we're profitable, we're doing good, but never had any money. And all of a sudden, I was actually growing broke because I was growing way too fast. I needed a huge amount of money to fund buying all the materials and things like that. There was a delay in getting paid from jobs that actually grew broke. So it's important to understand that just because you're being offered a lot of work doesn't mean you have to take it. And you really need to be managing the amount of what money that's going out and money that's coming in. And, and towards the end of the episode, we'll give you a strategy of how to better do that. But just be, I guess, mindful that you can actually grow too fast in a trade business and grow broke. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of the time when cash is tight, it's to do with profitability, to do with how much money we're making on a per job basis, how much are our expenses, how much it's costing to keep the doors open. Sometimes also it's the fact that we're not, there's not enough work coming in. Now, at the moment, a lot of trades that I speak with, there's, there's heaps of work. Like yeah. cash shouldn't be tight when you've got a lot of work in. And, and if you're doing, you know, 500000 up to a million dollars and cash is tight, right, there's a real problem with your, your profit um, and understanding of profit, really. Um, but if you're doing, if you're waiting for the phone to ring, you're not, you're not winning many jobs. That's also potentially why cash is tight because there's just not enough money coming in. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's two other things before we flip and start to give you guys some things to implement to help overcome and, and uh, eradicate this. The last two, uh, the, the first one is overspending. Um, I don't know what it is. It seems to be quite common in the trade industry, but these people, myself included, we finish our apprenticeship, we think we're going to go out on our own, we start, you know, bringing all this money in and so we go and buy ourselves a brand-new ute and we go and buy ourselves a jet ski, <laughs> and, you know, fit the back of the ute out with all brand new tools and life is good. And all of a sudden we get slapped with a $50,000 tax and GST bill and we haven't got it because that money in the bank that we thought that, you know, we were killing it and we we're making all this money, we hadn't actually factored into the fact that we owed some of that money to the government. And yeah. so overspending the big one, especially for early stage businesses that can catch you so quickly. So, you know, that's where that immediate delay gratification comes in and it's like, Get yourself in a position where you're consistently bringing work in, you've got a team delivering it, you're putting a bit aside into profit, and we'll talk about a system we use for that, right? rather than just be like, oh, I need to go and buy myself the fancies of everything because they all become fixed overheads. And the problem with fixed overheads is that's what kills a lot of businesses, right? having these, these bills they have to pay regardless of whether work comes in or not. And so just be cautious of overspending. And the last one, most traders that come to us, Michael, when we speak to them, the ones that have got cash issues, most of them have at least six figures or more sitting in outstanding invoices, invoices that are owed to them from clients that they haven't chased up. They haven't had time to chase up. They feel awkward about getting on the phone and chasing chasing up. But either way, that's a super easy win for them to have someone get on the phone and to rein in the overdue money that's that's sitting in, in their balance sheet. I It's... Um baffles me it, it's sad sometimes when you realize how much work you're giving for free and that and I've, i literally was speaking to a tradie and he would like had no idea what money was being collected properly and every time this particular account asked for you know trucks to be maintained or things need to be done he didn't want to let them down 
didn't want to let him down. I wanted to make, didn't want to ever sort of be seen as not helpful and would always help him out, always fill it in. And then realizing how much money was owed, it became yeah. too much. And there's no way that they were going to be able to pay it off. And so as a result of all the work, he'd incurred all these costs and now yeah. stuck. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Look, let, let's flip the gear because I want this episode to be short, sharp, you know, uh, and complete. And I guess the, the, the thing that I want to share transitioning into this, what you can do is to understand that revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash flow is king. And the best system that I've ever found to manage my money, um, which works for the way a lot of people manage money, which is looking at their bank account, is Profit First by Mike McCallowitz. Um, we recorded a previous Trading Business School episode on the Profit First methodology. Um, buy the book, implement it. It will honestly transform the way that you manage money uh, forever. Like everyone I speak to, Mike, we had a conversation the other day about your personal savings and you're like, I've got more money put aside than I've ever had in my life because we follow the Profit First methodology, not just in business, yep. but in our personal life as well. So that's number one. Like that's just, if you own a business, you need our Profit First put in place. Second, Speak to suppliers why you're on good terms with them. You might not need extra cash now, but while you're on good terms, speak to suppliers and say, hey, we've got a relationship here. I would like to extend my, extend my payment terms from 30 days to 60 days. Can we give it a go for a month or two and just see how it feels for you, how it feels for us? But that, that extension of 30 days is going to buy you a significant amount of cash flow that you can use to reinvest back into marketing and back into your business. Well, the next one is you can actually hire someone to follow up all your quotes and overdue invoices. And that can yeah. be as simple and cost-effective as hiring a virtual assistant, right? Yeah. To, to be that is their sole job, which means that when you get back from a day's work, you don't need to spend your time um, on the phone, on the computer, trying to catch up with all that work instead of spending time with the family. Instead, you can actually have someone have their sole job doing that. And it's very easy, therefore, to see your return on investment. Yeah. Yeah, we, 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 we own an outsourcing company called Alchemy Outsourcing, you know, and for less than 1500 bucks a month, you're going to have a part-time to full-time virtual assistant that can be following up your quotes, can be following up your invoice to get, like, they, they will pay themselves 100 times over with what they're able to take off your hands. And we train a lot of them specifically for the trades industry because we work with them. So if you're curious to find out more, uh, just connect with us at the Trade Business School or uh, look up Alchemy Outsourcing directly and the team will be able to help you find someone there. Um, a couple more simple strategies. One is just look at increasing your prices by 11%. It's a big enough number that it's pure profit and will have a huge impact on cash and cash flow. It goes straight to your bottom line, but it's a small enough number that never really is, is picked up on or by clients as well, especially right now where there is a lot of work going around. You could afford to actually charge slightly higher prices. And remember, it's going directly into your bottom line. Mm -hmm. um, and the second sort of strategy paired with that is looking to increase your average sale. So if someone's coming to you to get their kitchen fitted out, what else can you sell them at the same time to increase the average sale? You're already in the house. You've already got tradesmen going there. You're already ordering stuff for their job. Can you also do their vanity cabinet? Can you do a wardrobe for them? Can you do a bar unit for them? Like what else can you on-sell them at the same time? To lift, lift the average dollar value, which actually sees a greater margin because, again, you're already traveling to site. So doing a bit more work there doesn't cost you a whole lot extra. Imagine like if, you've, if you're here and, you know, you've increased your prices or you're selling more, let's say even 10%, 10, 11% more up here, and you've reduced your 
pressure on your expenses and your margins by 11%, you've actually now extended that gap by double, right? So you've got a double size gap and now cash won't be tight because you've, you've created space. And so if you, you, you could choose to focus on charging more. You could focus more on your, on your expenses, reducing them. But if you focus a little bit of both, you, you're going to double the effect. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's well, like we have an amazing training we give to our tradies uh, in the trade business called, called 25K in 25 Days. And it's the best nine strategies that we've come up with. We, in terms of we've got, it, we've got a bunch, but we've refined it down to nine that can all produce well over $25,000 in less than 25 days without spending any money. Uh, we've had clients that produce three or four times that in the first 24 hours of implementing stuff as well. So if you're curious about that, uh, hit us up as well and have a chat to one of the team at the Trading Business School. We can get you that training across there as well. Uh, the last thing I want, to, I want to mention here is changing your payment terms. Now, I know that there's different legislations in different states of Australia, but also different parts of the world as well. So it's important for you to find out what the legislations are with you. When I had my trades business, we charge 50% deposit, right? At the moment the client signed, we charge 50%. We charged a further 40% prior to installation. So before we'd even turned up on site, we had 90% of our money, which meant that everything was already paid for and we'd made some profit before we even turned up. So if for whatever reason the clients turned rogue and decided not to pay us or something happened, we were already in profit before we turned up at site. And putting that in place along with extended payment terms, we had some suppliers after 90 days meant that we were sitting on the cash in our bank accounts rather than our clients' bank accounts or our suppliers' bank accounts. So we did a 50, 40, and then 10% uh, on completion. We had a very good system in place. The moment the job was done, the invoice went out. We expected it to be collected in seven days. We would get the client to sign off on the job when we were there to say that the job was, was finished, was complete, so there's none of this backwards and forth. Oh, this is not screwed on properly, or you left this, or there's a mark there. It's like they signed off, which meant that we could issue an invoice. And, and again, it's something very simple we had in place. And we had VAs in the back end then chasing up the payments, but it significantly transformed our cash flow. So, look, really trust that today's episode, I know it was quick, there's a lot in there, but it can help you to understand some of the things to look at of maybe why you have the problems there, but also there were six or seven strategies we've given you guys to put in place to ensure that between the two, uh, you can fix your cash flow issues in a trade business, in general, general contract business for good. And if you do want uh, ongoing strategies like this, uh, please make sure if you haven't already, you join our Trady uh, and General Contractors Global Facebook group where we give away tons of free strategies and templates and cheat sheets like this. Uh, also, my book, The Path to Freedom, because uh, it's our business to help your business grow. Fantastic, Barry. Man, you're on a roll. This is... <laughs> I, I mean, on, honestly, this is one of the biggest issues facing a lot of business owners and I know you might be overwhelmed with all those things to do. Start with one. Start with one thing. And my my strong recommendation would be implement profit first. That really is one Absolutely. of the foundational things. If, if, if you do nothing else but just that, major difference. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Michael, thank you so much. Uh, I've loved today's episode. Trust you guys did as well. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us too on iTunes and all the amazing podcast platforms to start with the latest episodes. We'll see you next week with another episode of the Trady Business School podcast. For now. See you guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>